0: all right kelly thank you very much appreciate that very much that uh, very kind introduction and welcome to our program everybody we are uh, happy to have you dylan is running the boards for me this morning and so here we go we're uh, ready to take your live phone call 888-256-1080 texas lawn and garden hour broadcasting to 30 some stations across the great state of texas from hello to the valley and uh, from uh, Let's see, we go west. You bet we go west. We go all the way to Alpine, one of my favorite towns in all of Texas, all the way east to the Sabine River. That's a big swath of America, and it's a pretty nice swath of America. Uh, You use the same number wherever you can hear me. It's 888-256-1080. It's a toll-free call for you, so it won't cost you anything. kind of takes pressure off me. I don't feel like you've invested your life savings to call me, but I'll give it my best shot at an answer. 888-256-1080. 888-256-1080. For the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour live on this first Saturday in uh, in May. And that also means that it's uh, Election Day across the state. You probably have local elections going on. City councils, maybe some bond issues, school boards. Uh, What else would be up for election today? There are different things. Uh, You may have some uh, local uh, community colleges. Uh, just the things that uh, that are uh, up on the dockets. And you know what? The closer you get in on elections, the more important they are to you because the fewer votes uh, that, that pile together to decide those. And so I encourage you get out and vote. Those candidates have worked very hard to deserve your votes. And uh, so do vote. Do vote today. Most polls, I think, are up until 7 tonight, so good luck to the candidates. Uh, Give us a call. Good luck to me. I need some calls. I'd love to see your name go up on that call sheet, 888-256-1080. Boy, it turned warm, didn't it, the second half of this week. You need to keep that water hose handy and water those new plants by hand. Any new shrub or tree that you have put in. Now, hear me. This is kind of a a new way of looking at things in my... uh, in my, in my category. Uh, if you have a, I, I've never described it this way, when I plant a new tree or shrub, I like to use the soil that I take out of the hole to make a basin, a donut around the outside of berm, around the outside of the plant. And then I will fill that with water uh, out of the, out of the hose, um, I use a water bubbler on the end of my hose. That's a thing the size of your fist that has holes in it and lets the water come out. You can turn the hose on at full volume and it will let it come out slowly and, and fill that, uh, that, that basin. That becomes the reservoir for the plant. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. First time you water a new tree or shrub, uh, take a five-gallon bucket out or something where you know the, the, the volume and run it for a, just clock it on your watch. See how long it takes to get a couple of gallons in that. And then multiply it out. If you planted that tree or shrub out of a, we'll say, 10-gallon pot, you ought to be putting 10 gallons of water on it when you do water it. That'll get the water down deeply into the soil. That's important because that tree or shrub is going to dry out more quickly than the soil around it. You cannot count on sprinkler irrigation alone. This may be the most important message I'm going to give you all summer. You cannot count on sprinkler irrigation alone because it's going to dry out faster than the adjacent soil. It has a concentration of roots in that original soil ball, so it needs to be watered by hand with that hose, with a water bubbler or a water breaker. I'm not talking about a bubbler uh, system for an automatic sprinkler system. Like I said, something the size of your hand. Alright, so you put uh, you put that on the end of your hose and you water. And however long it took you, if it's a 10 gallon pot and you've measured how long it takes you to get 2 gallons, then 5 times that long it'll be 10 gallons of water. That's how long you run the hose for that tree or that shrub. And you do the math for all the plants that you have. And uh, you do that every time you water. Now this time of year it may vary a little bit because it's not as predictable. It may be 95 today, and it may be uh, 75 in a couple of days. That's Texas in early May. But you get into June, July, August, early September, it's going to get to 95 every day. And so in the summer, in the heat of the summer, you're probably going to be doing that watering uh, every second or third day to that depth. That will keep your plants healthy and vigorous during the summer. I may just have saved you many dozens of dollars or hundreds of dollars by that tip. Keep it in mind. All right. We're going to take our first break, and then we'll come back. We have Gail in Washington County, and uh, we'd love to hear from you as well. And uh, that number again is 888-256-1080. For the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour, need some more calls, folks. Let's keep Dylan busy. It's 888-256-1080. And uh, I'll start by telling you about my book, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. This might just be the only reference book that you will need for your gardening shelf. It's a little arrogant on my part, and I apologize for that. Didn't intend for it to be, but no way to say it otherwise. It's 11 chapters covering every aspect of outdoor gardening. It covers, uh, well, the first uh, chapter is uh, the basics of gardening in Texas. Chapter two is the 48-page calendar, four pages per month, and, uh, that's, uh, uh, telling you when to plant, prune, fertilize, and, and protect all of the plants that you're trying to grow. Then chapter three, uh, so that'd be the 48 pages. I bet you already had figured that out. Chapter three is trees, a really comprehensive. It took me a month to write it chapter, uh, on trees and shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, and fruit and vegetables. It's a hardback, 344 pages, 840 of my photographs, and I had it printed in Texas. I self-published it and uh, so that I could have Carolyn Skye as my editor and Cindy Smith as the graphic designer. Now, this book is not in stores, and it's not on Amazon. You buy it directly from my office or my website, and that way I get to sign every copy as it sells. I'd love to sign one for you. Uh, here is and and your satisfaction is completely guaranteed or i'll i'll provide a complete refund 78,000 copies sold to date i have not been asked to refund on any one of them uh, so i think you're going to be satisfied with it uh, it's only 36.95 that's a special low price on it i've done that this spring but it's going to run out very soon so take advantage of it right away the better way to order it is to order it from my website right now, neilsperry.com. But you can also call my office Monday through Friday, business hours, at 800 752 GROW. 800 752 4769. The better way, like I say, is to order it from Neil Sperry, dot Y.com. Homegrown goodness, that's what Mueller is all about. Mueller's been producing quality steel buildings and metal roofing right here in Texas for 90 years. Now you can grow a Mueller greenhouse right in your own backyard. Mueller's easy to assemble, bolt together greenhouses come in the five sizes, from 6x9 to t- 21. And uh, they feature a galvanized steel frame with more than 30 designer trim colors from which to choose, with hail resistant polycarbonate panes, panels, Lockable walk doors and windows, a Mueller greenhouse will let the sun shine in while it protects your plants year-round. Don't let the weather ruin what you've worked so hard to produce. Get yourself a great greenhouse from a great Texas-grown company. Visit them online. They're at MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com, or give them a call. They're at 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877 268-3553 Mueller Inc. com M U E L L E R I N C dot com. Mueller means greenhouses. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly Robinson. Thank you, sir. Very, very much. Let's go to uh, Gale Gail in Washington County. First call up today. Gail, this is Neil. Good morning.
1: Good morning. We have a blackberry bush. The Rossboro planted it in March of 2019. This mm-hmm. is the first year it's really gotten productive, but the berry are I, I see about nine is the most on any of the berries. Um, and it still has that center part from the flower. You know, it's dried up, mm-hmm. of course, but I don't know what's causing so few druplets on each of the berries.
0: Well... That would sound like poor pollination. And I know I we am, had a
1: lot of bees. That I remember specifically okay. the bees really coming in over there. I don't know if the timing was off or something, but...
0: It's a wonderful question that I have never been asked before. I, I might oh, as well tell I you right now that. because you're going to... Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're going to so find smart. out quickly that I have no, no clue. <laughs>
1: okay, well... I will... Maybe-
0: I will see what I can find out. I'm trying to figure out how now to get an answer back to you. Um, I could
1: email you. I don't know if you would
0: Well, I don't really have an email that is set up for that. Oh, okay. um, it, I I did for one week and when I was averaging about 150 emails a day, I said I can't keep up with this. <laughs> okay. That was that was 20 years ago and I abandoned that. I'll tell you what I could do is I will be happy to answer do you take Egarden's my electronic newsletter?
1: Um, I look at it, but I, I just go in and ping on it. I don't actually. I didn't sign up for it, but I could.
0: Well, I was going to say I'd be happy to put it in the Q uh, and A section, and I'll do the Great. research That'll and work. put it there in the in the question and answer this coming Thursday. When okay. I do it, I'll, I'll find out for you what I can. Yeah.
1: Well, I appreciate so, that. So, Thanks you're just
0: time. you're just not getting you're not getting much juice out of the berries because there aren't there's not right. much there. There'll be
1: five droplets, or nine is the most i just three, and yeah, I have standard? seen that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Just the the stem, the core, or the uh, the uh, core. Um, I just want
1: the plant is I have very. I've seen healthy. that
0: occasionally, but I've never seen it be a real problem. I don't know that it's a problem with Roseboro, but let me. Uh, it's not a variety that is used much anymore. So let me see what I can find out between now and Thursday. I'll get you an answer, and it will Thank be the you. first it it'll be the lead lead question. You bet. Okay.
1: You. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you very uh-huh. much, Gail. Take care. All right. Let's go to Lewis in Alpine. Next call. By the way, folks, you need to call now. I need to replant the forest there because that call is gone now. I need another call. 888-256-1080. Call now. 888-256-1080. Lewis, this is Neil. Good morning. Oh, Good morning, Neil. How are you doing today? I am wonderful. I love getting calls from Alpine. Uh, I got a question. I, I'm originally from South Dakota, but we have a bunch of these uh uh purple flowers that are on this uh, uh it's like a vine kind of they they grow along the ground and the problem we haven't in, is in spots they're getting some kind of a web around them and they're drying up and dying okay And. Well, is there something that my I guess could would get rid of? Yes, sir, but I want you to confirm what I'm thinking you probably have. I don't know what the flowers would be, but it, it's immaterial okay. at this point. I think probably the, the pest that you're seeing is, or the, the, the evidence of the pest is probably webbing from spider mites. If you will take a sheet of white paper and lay it beneath some of the vines and just thump the... Uh, Uh, thump the vine so that anything that is on the leaves, I'm going to demonstrate now close to the microphone. You're just thumping down onto the white paper. That was white paper, but you're thumping the leaf onto the white paper to jar anything loose. And then you look very closely uh, to see any little particles of dust that might have fallen off the leaf on the paper, see if they start moving around. And my bet is that there'll be a bunch of them and they'll start moving. there. Liz, they are so small, They're they're. you could put 20 of them side-by-side side on the head of a pen, honestly, shoulder-to-shoulder. Oh. Shoulder. Okay. They're almost microscopic. That's why you have to do it on white paper so you can see them. But these right. are spider okay. mites, or red spiders they're called sometimes. And uh, when they get really bad, they will form that webbing. That's probably what it is. And at that point, um, when the webbing is, is really pronounced, and they often have done... As much damage as they can they're pretty well beyond the point of no turning around but but there are insecticides uh general purpose insecticides that, that are labeled for control of mites spider mites and that's what you would need to get is something of that sort we don't have any specific miticides these are eight-legged varmints they're not six-legged like most insects are, well like all insects are right. but okay. insecticides generally will kill them. Um, most of them will. So look for an insecticide that is labeled for mites, spider mites. And okay. uh, be sure to be sure that your spray completely coats the leaves. I don't know what what type of leaves the plant has, but if it has broad leaves, wide leaves, you need to be sure that you spray up under the leaves because spider mites typically are on the bottoms of the leaves. When you have a okay. plant down close to the ground, sometimes it's kind of hard to uh, get that contact, but I'll bet that's what you have. All right. Well, thank you very much, Neil. Welcome. We're glad you're here from South Dakota. Yeah, I like uh, the it beautiful you, it beautiful. Place. Thank you, sir, for the. I know it is. I have spent a lot of time in Alpine. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. Yes, Take sir. care. Thanks. Yeah, I was uh, talking to. KVLF uh, just a couple of days ago, and and uh, gave them my story of Alpine. I was adopted, and uh, my mom and dad worked at Sul Ross for 15, 16 years, and uh, we stayed there two years after I was adopted before we moved to College Station. But we went back often, and so I had a chance as a as a young kid to get to meet uh, a lot of their friends from Alpine. All right, well let's take a break, and then we will come back. We have Zach in College Station. And uh, we, will, uh, we will help him best I can and have a uh, couple other lines open if you'd like to call 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour, 888-256-1080. I want to tell you about fertilome right now and specifically fertilome tree and shrub food. Don't beat around the bush when it comes to fertilizing your trees and your shrubs. They need at least two feedings per year, once in the fall, and once right now. This is the time to apply Fertilum tree and shrub food. This contains a 19-8-10 analysis fertilizer and five minor elements, micronutrients. This unique formulation creates a penetrating action that does the rest of the work for you by moving the fertilizer down from the drip line into the feeder roots. That means no need for digging holes, and that's great news. This tree and shrub food is formulated for all types of trees and shrubs, including shade trees, fruit trees, nut trees, evergreens, citrus, even tropical trees, for those of you in deep south Texas. One of the greatest things about the makers of fertilome, this is really a very special thing, is that they are dedicated to supporting local retailers. All of their products, including tree and shrub food, can only be found at independent-owned garden centers and also hardware stores and also independent feed stores. To find your closest dealer, go to fertilome.com and click find a dealer. F-E-R-T-I-L-O-M-E.com. Click find a dealer. And packaged in the green bag, Fertilome Tree and Shrub Food. Get your trees and shrubs on a great journey for 2023. Fertilome Tree and Shrub Food. I'll be back with more after the just. Now, Kelly has good advice. Just call me now. I'd love it. We have a line open. eight 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 two five six ten eighty, 256 1080 Same as what he told you. eight 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 256 1080 Let's go to Zach and College Station. Zach, this is Neil. Calling from my hometown. Appreciate that, sir. How can I help you?
2: Neil, how's it going? Uh yeah, we're new to town. Just we're about two secret. years uh from uh from Fort Worth, Texas. And uh Me and my wife were planning on kind of refurbishing a a home down here that we're living in right now. We're planning Mm -hmm. the front flower bed. And uh, we kind of wanted to find something that was low maintenance but looked good. And our idea was to plant some perennials surrounded by some English ivy. And I was wondering if that's a good idea and how to best get that done.
0: Okay. Well, let me let me give you my best to read on it. Is this all in full sun?
2: It's about in half half sun.
0: All right. English ivy will want shade. It's not going to be very happy in the sun. Um if it has sun till 9 or 10 in the morning it would be okay, but after that it will it will bleach badly. So I I I'd, I'd think yeah. through that one. My, my pretty wife's carefully. My wife
2: telling me it's afternoon sun.
0: She's yeah, the that's expert. not not a good place oh, yes, for you
2: English ivy. Okay. Beg your pardon? Uh, she said it's it's getting I'm afternoon sorry. sun only.
0: Yeah, afternoon sun will not work for English ivy. You probably want uh, something like Asian jasmine or purple winter creeper euonymus as a full sun ground cover. And I want to I want to warn you of something on perennials. Um, I'm not trying to talk you out of perennials, but I want to dispel a a commonly held, uh, can you hear me? Okay. Yes,
2: sir. Sorry. I have a Nokia phone.
0: Okay. (laughs) Well, (laughs) here is, here is my, here is my comment to you. And, and, uh, I just want you to think about a bit perennials are not less work than annuals. A lot of people think they are, but here's the problem. Everything you do with perennials, once you plant them, you have to do by hand because you give up the chance to go in there with a rototiller and rework the soil. Perennials are right. dug at different times of the year. If it blooms in the fall, you transplant it in the spring. If it blooms in the spring, you dig and divide it in the fall. And perennials bloom for two or three weeks, and then they shut down for 50 weeks. So you have to, you have to plan very carefully. Uh, to have uh, to have something in bloom all the time. Uh, we, we look at a perennial garden maybe with daylilies in late May in College Station where I grew up, and they're beautiful for about three weeks, four weeks, and then they don't look like much. I love daylilies. But if you're going to mm-hmm. have daylilies, you have to have something that blooms before they do and something that blooms after they do, and you shouldn't have a whole garden of nothing but daylilies. So right. it, it, to have a really nice perennial garden you want to have probably 15 or 20 different kinds of perennials. You need to plan very carefully what colors they are, how tall they grow, when they bloom or when they have colorful foliage and, and plant them accordingly. And you want to have some things in that garden that are anchoring plants that are evergreen shrubs so that it doesn't look just dismal in the wintertime. So perennials are take a lot more planning. Uh, They are beautiful when a perennial garden comes together well, but so many people just throw perennials in and figure well I've done that and I don't have to do anything to it and it's not that at all it's a lot more that's work That's exactly what I was so, about to do. So thank you for yeah. the
2: advice.
0: <laughs> you bet. You bet. So I I just be careful with that but but you can do it probably the easiest lowest maintenance garden would be to uh, put in your ground cover bed that's a that's a good start put in some really dependable, really dependable shrubs for college station. There are a lot of different types and then limit the places that you have color to entryways and around the patio and, and, uh, special places where you want to draw attention and have smaller beds that have annual color that can be changed out easily. Maybe you showcase the color in large uh, pots that you put on the patio or near the door. And, um, that's easy to change out and uh, you get a lot of bang for that buck and mm-hmm. it's, it's, it works out a lot better. Just limit limit what you plant and how many you plant and keep it close to where you want to draw the attention.
2: Okay. So being that you're from College Station, what would be your perfect IV ground
0: cover? The two I mentioned, Purple Winter Creeper, Euonymus, or Asian Jasmine. You do not want ivy in sun.
2: Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for the advice. Jesus is king.
0: I'm sorry. Your phone cut out badly.
2: Oh, sorry. I was going to say thank you so much for the advice. Jesus is king.
0: Thank you. I agree completely. Thank you so much. All right, let me take a break right now, and then we'll come back. We have Debbie and Crockett, and we have a couple of open lines, 888-256-1080, 888-256-1080. And uh, this is the time that I need to do an ad for my book, Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. And if you want to do a perennial garden, I think the perennial chapter would be a, would pay for itself very quickly because there is a chart in there that runs for about four or five or six pages, that took me a week to do it tells you the 120 best perennials for texas and it is as i say a chart it tells you how tall they grow how wide they grow what growth form they have what colors it comes that each perennial comes in what months it's colorful in so that you can plan your perennial garden accordingly it uh, gives the, the my rating of a b or c tells you what part of Texas each of these is is best adapted to, excuse the grammar, and and then lots of photos of all the different kinds of perennials as well. I think you'll find it to be really helpful if you're planning a perennial garden. That's just one part of the perennials chapter in uh, Lone Star Gardening. Chapter one is the basics of gardening in Texas. Chapter two is the 48-page calendar of when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all of your plants. Chapter 3 is trees, and then shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, and then uh, lawns and fruit and vegetables. All of that information, uh, 344 pages, and uh, you have a a book that is uh, uh, 840 of my best photographs. It's a hardback, and it was printed in Texas, uh, in San Antonio. You're going to find that... You have wasted the cost of this uh, book. You could have saved all of that energy and all that money. That's why I think you'll find this to be such a help to you. Now, as I say, not in stores, not on Amazon, the way you buy it, or you either call my office at 800-752-GROW, and that's uh, Monday through uh, Friday, business hours, 800-752-4769, or better yet, you go to my website and order it right now while you're thinking about it. That's at neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. I I sign every book as it sells, satisfaction completely guaranteed. That's uh, the phone number again, 800-752-G-R-O-W. And the website, neilsperry.com, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. all right thank you very very much 888-256-1080 for the texas lawn and garden hour give us a call we have a line open right now for you 888-256-1080 we have debbie and crockett and Stoney and college station ahead of you that's all debbie this is neil good morning
3: you. um I hello debbie kind of a
4: there, quick, there you can are. you hear me can you hear me okay i have kind of a quick question but i have a camellia bush in the front of my house it's facing south had it probably 10 11 years it's probably over five feet tall the kind of a dark pink and it buds every single year hundreds and hundreds of buds and they you can see the pink they get really big then they all fall off and they do it every year i only had one year that it was beautiful every year i wait and it's all there ready to open up and they all fall off on the ground i don't see any bugs uh, what's wrong with it? <laughs> the plant's beautiful.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, what, month are, what month are you talking about?
4: That it starts budding. It's cooler. Um, it's, um, no, I guess it it
0: No, well, I know and, that. Yeah, but oh. when are they falling? What month roughly are they falling?
4: It's probably right after, let's see, they're all pretty, December. Let me probably. ask it
0: differently. I'll take it. I'm going to yeah. go out on this. Yeah.
4: Okay. January.
0: I'm sorry. Everybody's phone seems to be cutting out. Maybe it's mine. January. All right. So is this Camellia Japonica or Camellia Sasanqua? Is it Japonica?
4: I think it's Japonica. I I bought it at a, like a, you know, a big store at one time. And so I'm not positive, but I do believe that's what it said. And it has beautiful, like double blooms when it blooms, but I don't know it's in the sun also all
0: right well let me let me try to help you Okay. Yeah, let me try to help you. You're in an area where camellias should do very well. You're far enough south and you're certainly mm. far enough east a- absolutely. Um, the the problems that camellias will yeah, hang on the problems that camellias will have number one would be freeze damage, and that's why I asked when this was happening uh, mm-hmm. if you have a really bad cold spell like we have had the last couple of winters then that will freeze uh, Camellia uh, japonicas. They bloom later and yep. buds are, are shard- starting to show color. Uh, the The moisture that is between the petals will freeze and it will rupture the petals, the, the, the parts of the flower, and they will abort. That's, uh, that's maybe what's happened because we've had two very strange winters. Now, two yeah. years ago, 2021, the cold that happened happened so late in the winter that I doubt that that's what happened. I have a, I have a better possibility, but I, I do want to introduce that to you as a, as a candidate. So that's okay. one. The other possibility that is very common on camellias and other tightly petaled flowers is thrips. Thrips are insects. They are like little slivers of, of insects shaped about like a little one day or two day whisker. They will get into yeah. tightly petal flowers, they'll get into garden they get into roses, they get into camellias and mums and other plants that have very uh, lots of petals and tight buds, and uh, they will cause the flowers to abort. Um, the way you can test mm-hmm. is just peel the the buds open and see if you see these. They'll, they're I, certainly I visible, done. they're not big, sure. but they're certainly visible.
4: I, they kind of look like an earwick, but they're miniature to me, but they i think if that's what i'm thinking of but i've taken them off and opened them up and peeled them open i don't see any insects they literally have the bright pink on all of them on the ends and then they just drop on the ground before they open up but it's just i don't know it does it hurt for it to be in full sun Would that have anything to do with it
0: I wouldn't think it would hurt where you are. Okay. You're you're far enough yeah. east and you're in in good camellia okay. country that would not Locked. be ideal. It would be better if they had afternoon shade, but in the well, in the winter that's not as big a factor as it, if if they were no. if they were struggling or if it were struggling from the excess sun, it would show up in July not in not in bud drop. Okay. I and would they, the uh, I would look three, very closely it, with a hand lens. Okay. Okay, I
4: will do that. Yeah,
0: I get that. I would look very closely with a magnifying glass. It doesn't have to be a high power, but just with a like you'd use to read um, maybe a contract or something. Okay. See if you can see any thrips. Look one more it, time next year and see if you see it. There it, are systemic can, insecticides that you can apply three or four weeks ahead of the time. I'm, I'm sorry. I guess you're not hearing me. Go ahead
4: no it, it I, I can it my phone's kind of Go in ahead. and out I don't maybe it's the weather we've had some pretty good storms but uh, I, I will certainly do that I, maybe that's what it is because the plant certainly looks healthy and it's disappointing to have all of those on there and them all fall off right. every year so I will I will certainly do that and right. well, thrifts, see if,
0: thrifts will do that and they yeah
4: okay and they can get all of the okay. buds at once well, good like deal. That. Thank you much. Okay. Thank you. You have a good day.
0: Yes, they can. Yeah, they sure can. Yeah, you bet. for the call, Debbie. Yeah, thrips will do that, and they're not going to bother the rest of the plant. They'll just go at the flowers. Uh, they are they are pretty obnoxious, and they are very damaging. Um, thrips will cause discoloration, for example, on roses. They will cause uh, dark-colored roses to have light-colored spots, and just almost the opposite. So I don't know that that's the case. Uh, if you absolutely don't see any, even with magnification, then it reverts back to the possibility uh, of uh, cold damage. Um, there, I started to say to her, there are systemic insecticides that um, will work with thrips, but you have to give them a, a lead time of, of several weeks uh, to do their job. So, tell you what I'm going to do. I want to couple times in the last month, I have run myself right up against the end of the program, and I've kind of caused my station some nightmares, and so I'll take my last break, and Stony. Uh, I will have plenty of time to help you with your lawn aeration, and uh, I'll make sure that we leave that ample time. Let me tell you about my electronic newsletter, eGardens. That's what I was referring to earlier uh, with a caller, and I'd love to have you subscribe to free. And it always will be free. It comes. Mine came late this week. It came about five minutes late, uh, so I won't fire me. But, but normally it comes about the uh, minutes after six o'clock. And I think the problem was that I didn't get my corrections to Gretchen in time for her to get them all done right on time. And so I think, uh, I think I was the cause of that late delivery. But, yeah. You know five minutes. I think we can live with that. E-gardens. Five stories every week. One of them is always a featured plant of the week. One of them is always gardening this weekend where I point out the things that you need to get done over the next uh, three days beyond that. One of them is always uh, the uh, Q&A section. We've greatly expanded that. I take uh, questions from readers and and, uh, I enjoy doing that very much. So that's what E-gardens is all about. Uh, There are uh, two other stories uh, and I think you'll enjoy it very much. Um, as I say, it is free. It always has been. 19 years ago, there's about 80,000 people who subscribe to it, and people tell me that uh, is the one of the best things that I do. And so I enjoy getting that kind of a comment. Now, if you want to see what it looks like, go to my website. That's where you sign up for eGardens. It's at neelsperry.com, and uh, there is a, a drop-down tab there to click. And not only can you see the most recent issue, but you also can sign up right at the same place. That's N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com and click on eGardens. Let me also tell you about Mueller. I love getting to talk about Mueller because there's a lot of talk going on these days about Made in America, and nobody does that better than Mueller does. They've been doing that for 90 years, more than 90 years now. Metal roofing, Mueller steel buildings are made right here by people who care about quality of both materials and workmanship. Whether it's a metal roof for your home or a custom steel building or maybe even a shed or a greenhouse or the backyard, Mueller means quality. Mueller has four manufacturing facilities right here in the USA. And with 33 branches for sales and service, there's a Mueller location near you. When you choose Mueller for metal buildings or a roofing. You're choosing the best quality products to protect your family and your property, and you're supporting local jobs and local families. These are ordinary, hardworking folks who are proud to provide a product made right here in America. Now visit MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com, or give them a call at 8772 Mueller, 8772. I six eight three five five three. They're Mueller. They're made in America. They're made to last. Mueller, Mueller Lawn and Garden Products, made in America. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly. Thank you very, very much. And uh, so, a little after eleven every Saturday. I hope we're a regular part of your weekend gardening activities. Let's go to Stoney in College Station. Stoney, this is Neil. Thanks for calling. How can I help you?
3: Hi, hey Neil. Good to talk to you this morning. I appreciate you taking my call. I've got a section of Thank my you. my yard that's kind of compacted and a uh, grass doesn't grow real well. And I'm thinking it may be a, a good idea to aerate that. Uh, I've never really done that. And so I'm looking for any tips uh, you might have also, part of it is is underneath a live oak tree, and I'm wondering if I need to be concerned about tree roots or anything like that when I aerate.
0: No, you're not gonna hurt the, the live oak with the, with the aerating equipment you would use. If you aerate a, a lawn, you wanna get a core aerator, one that pulls, plugs, cores of soil up out of the ground and drops them back on top of the ground, as opposed to something that just pokes holes. Um, okay. If if most, of this, if most of this failure to grow grass is up under the live oak, that may be excess shade. It may not be anything about compaction. It may just be excess shade. It's the most common question I get is how can I grow grass up under my trees? And in reality, unless you get six or seven hours of sunlight, it's going to be very, very difficult, if not impossible, to grow turf grass beneath a, a tree, especially a live oak. I I could tell you in a micro moment, if I were on your lawn looking, I can't tell you at all from a phone call, unfortunately, Sure. but before you spend a lot of time and effort aerating and hoping for the best with that or planting new sod or or whatever, um, just be sure that you have enough sunlight to to give it a chance. Uh, Tell me about any other area. Do you have some areas that are out in full sun where you're having trouble getting grass to grow?
3: Most of my yard is not full sun, uh, but even though and and parts of it have grass that grows okay. But but even those, it feels a little thin. Um, even the even the full sun yard are portions of the yard. Uh, we get there's a section of my yard that even before we planted the live oaks just didn't grow real well, and I honestly suspect that when they built the house, there's, there's they. There may be junk underneath the, the topsoil. I don't know what, what's going on, but it's just a, an area that's really had a hard time for a long time. Now, the, the shading is an issue since we since the trees have grown some, and we need to, to work on uh, thinning if you can,
0: them. Okay. Well, if you can... Yeah, thinning works for a, a few months, but the trees grow back together. They fill the voids quite well. If you can see any correlation between the a shade and the, the lack of growth of your turf grass then that tag that's it and and okay. uh, all the aeration in the world ain't gonna help you any um i would uh i would be very i have ever felt the need to aerate my lawn i've had saint augustine okay. and bermuda and unless you have a lot of compaction Uh, unless you have some other kind of a problem that's not uh, that's not where you need to go i think i'm about out of time in my program so i need to need to move on but no that's perfect i appreciate your help thank you very much yeah just be very be very careful with that so hey everybody i have loved being with you to dylan thank you great show until next week happy gardening